you have different way of viewing the world, if you are bringing more of an intuitive or an introverted perspective or sensitive perspective, then there are others out there who will benefit from reading about that, who will feel seen by the words that you're putting onto the page. So taking the space, the time, the extended form of the book to express those ideas and gift it to someone is a really lovely thing. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast. I'm Frida Carbo, founder of Sensitive Success Circle, the mastermind for sensitive coaches and changemakers who want to create success in their way with the help of their sensitivity. I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand with my husband and two kids, working online, creating the life and business that I love with a mission to help others do the same. One of the things I learned is that we have so much wisdom inside when we learn to trust and take aligned action. And even though we're responsible for our journey, we don't have to do it alone. I do this work because I'm committed to helping highly sensitive, introverted, intuitive coaches and changemakers to do the work they are called to do in a way that works for them. I know it's possible and creates so many ripples. My intention with these episodes is for you to be inspired, empowered, and to know that you're not alone in your business adventure. If you haven't already, come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. Thank you for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Welcome. Today, we have a conversation with the amazing Christine Sheehy. She is an author and a certified nonfiction book coach for purpose-driven leaders and changemakers. Christine works with people who have a desire to drive change in the world, help us see things differently, or share a new way of being or doing. She helps her clients define their book concept, find their authentic voice, and write the book that's in their heart so they can grow their audience and business. Christine currently writes and dreams from a seaside village in New Zealand, and I'm really excited to have her here as our guest today to talk about book writing and all of those things. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Frida. It's lovely to be here. So great to have you. So yeah, for those who don't know you, tell us a bit more about your journey and how you come to go into book coaching. I have always been fascinated by words, always loved books. I was the bookworm child. And I guess I found that I took the long route in to books. I felt like it was a little bit of a mysterious pathway, I guess, something that maybe other people got to do. So I set off, initially I worked as a lawyer. Later I went into travel writing, copywriting, doing all kinds of things with the power of words. Eventually I was able to write a nonfiction book of my own. I did a couple of books. But I really couldn't figure out how to make books the thing that I did most of the time. And a couple of years ago, some clients started pushing me to help them write books. So I decided to dive into it. I found some training on book coaching and now books is what I do. So it's a real privilege to be able to get deep into ideas with other people, to learn every day from my clients, uh, new ways that we can approach, I guess, this thing called life or business, and uh, to really get the chance to collaborate on that creative process. And I think that what the training allowed me to do was to bring structure and industry knowledge to the things that I was already doing with my clients. I just didn't really know how they fitted into the bigger picture of, of how books get made. So that's what I do now. I'm a nonfiction book coach and it's very exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. And the first time I came in contact with you, you were 
into copywriting and help me with that. Just love how you use words and really how you explain things as well, how to to do it ourselves. But the first time I asked you if you were sensitive or highly sensitive, if you knew about it, and if you thought that was something that you were, you said no. (laughs) But tell us a bit about your journey with sensitivity. I was reflecting on that when we started having a conversation about this podcast, because I think I really hadn't heard of being a sensitive person until you mentioned it. And now I wonder if you saw something in me that I couldn't see myself. And so I think that sensitivity is something I'm still exploring. I have struggled with a lot of things like putting myself out there, like imposter syndrome, like maybe just confidence in myself and the way that I see things. So I'm really trying to tap into that a little bit more now. But I would say that I'm still at the very early stages of that journey of learning to trust myself and my intuition rather than what I should do or what other people say I should do. And I think that's particularly coming out now in terms of working for myself, running a business online, is that there are a lot of things that people tell you to do that never really sit right. And so finding out a way to be able to share my work in a way that feels good, that feels easy, that feels, that stretches me, but still feels comfortable enough that I'll actually be consistent in doing it. So a journey still underway, I would say, Frida, but thank you for the the little gentle natural those years ago. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. And and that's also so important for me to work with those people who understands that sensitivity, that deeper process that might be going on in the background, because mm. uh, we need kind of different strategies than other people might need. So, yeah. Mm. And I think just learning that the way that you do approach things is okay as well, that if it doesn't feel right, it's not because there's something that's wrong or off or that you can't do that other people do. It's just finding the way to approach it that feels feels good. Mm. Yeah. So how would you say that you use sensitivity as your superpower? Again, still a journey. Yeah. (laughs) But I think I was reflecting on how we first connected. And I think it was on one of my journaling challenges that I used to do for copywriting. So I used to run uh, a 10-day challenge where there'd be journaling prompts every day and people would write for a certain amount of time on these prompts. And it's funny how many of those things are now coming back actually being they're applicable to the book writing process as well because what we're trying to do is to get to the heart of what it is that you have to say to get below all that surface stuff that's going on and find out what's the truth there that you you wish to share and that it can be meaningful and impactful for the reader as well and so that process which I consider a sensitive process of reflection and journaling can be really powerful in terms of getting to that heart, that truth of your idea. Mm, love that. So let's go into the book writing. Do you think that everyone should write a book? I don't know if everyone should write a book, but it's surprising the number of people who will say, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. <laughs> I think it's a desire that a lot of people hold secretly. But there's this kind of mythology around writing that we ought to be able to have this magical pool of time that will suddenly arrive in life, won't be busy, and uh, and we'll sit down and the muse will strike. You know, there'll be inspiration and it will flow from your pen and this book will arrive. And for the vast majority of people, it doesn't work like that. I'm really jealous of the ones that does work, <laughs> work like that more. But 
it is actually hard work. It is actually a process that you have to commit to to sit yourself down, to do the graft of putting words on the page and finding out what it is that you have to say. So if it calls to you, if it's something that you want to do, if you have an idea that you feel compelled to share or that you know can make a real impact in a reader's life, then I would encourage you to really give it serious consideration. And it can be broken down. You know, you you don't have to wait for that magical moment In fact, I would discourage you from waiting for the magical moment. It's just making it a process, a routine, a part of your life. And bit by bit, the book gets done. I feel like I have like three books that (laughs) is wanting to come out. But I have a bit of a problem to actually justify to spend that time on something that takes a lot of time and that I'm not sure if how it's going to be perceived or received. Are the books related to the work that you do, Frida? It's a bit of a mix. <laughs> bit of a mix, yeah. I mean, I see uh, the process of writing a book or the act of creating a book as a very generous act because I'm sure you can think of books that have made a huge impact on you personally and uh, and maybe stayed with you for a long time or shaped decisions that you've made in your life. And so for that reader to have taken the time to create effectively that offering of the book for you is is something very meaningful and a contribution that is hard to measure because you never know how people have, unless you become super famous, right? You never know the extent or the impact of that book. But in terms of the time, dedicating time that might otherwise go on your business or your work to it, you can dovetail the two. So I have had clients who will write And as they are writing, pieces of that become the content that they share, or they inspire the next podcast episode, or they inspire an article that they write. And those words or a very near version of those words may end up in the final book, but it actually doesn't matter because that book will be a year or 18 months down the track before it exists in a a book form. People won't remember that they read that post that long ago, but you're already seeding the importance of the ideas. So it's possible to do it in a way that you can double count the time. You know, you get the content and you get the book at the same time. Mm, That's really smart. Hmm. So if I were to decide that I wanted to write this book, where is the first place to start? So the first thing for us is your idea. What's your book about? So you've really got to start with that ideal reader Um, So let's say it's a client, it comes back, a lot of the same principles come back to how you market, how you position your business in terms of what are they struggling with? What do they really need? And what is it that you wish that they knew that you could tell them, you know, if you could just offer this one thing to them, what is it that you'd like them to know? So start from there. And then it comes down to what is it that if, if I want to teach one thing, And I'm talking about nonfiction books here because I'm nonfiction rather than a novel. But where do they start? What's the beginning point of their journey? And what's the end point of their journey? And how do I get them step by step from the beginning place when they pick up the book to the end place where I want them to or how I want them to feel, what I want them to know, what I want them to understand at that point? So it's actually very methodical in that sense. You can actually plan out in stages what they will learn or understand at each part of the book and go from there. Hmm. Beautiful. Simple, see? (laughs) (laughs) How long does it take to write a book? Oh, how long this piece of string, unfortunately. I mean, some people will get 
really fired up about an idea and find they can write really quickly in a couple of months it's done. Most people, I would say it's a year, really, six months to a year of fairly intense work. And it is intense work. It is a labor of love. But a year is a good sort of time frame to think I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to set myself some targets. I'm going to put down a word count or a number of pages each month, and I'm going to tick those off and methodically work through the process of the book. But in order to do that, that thinking stage, that planning stage, getting really clear on what the book is, who it's for, what problem it's solving, or what you want them to learn, understand, and having that really well mapped out will mean that you can then go into that methodical writing process and tick off each stage as you go. Hmm. What is the biggest mistake that you see people do when they go into book writing? Hmm. There's this place called the, well, I call it the messy middle, which is when you get partway into writing a book and you can end up really kind of drowning in your own ideas at that point. And that's when our fear can really kick in, that natural is this any good? Who would care? Why am I doing this? Who am I to write that? All those that inner chatter that so many of us have can really take over. And it's easy to lose your way and drop the book and it sits in the drawer or somewhere on a hard drive and and that's the end of it. And I think that's the point at which getting support is really, really important to actually commit to your dream, hold your dream, have someone else hold your hand, give you some feedback, give you some exercises, some coaching support to actually get through and onto the next hurdle. Because I've seen that happen even at quite an advanced stage where the book is in really good shape and the wobbles kick in. And part of that, I think, is maybe our fear of being seen, our fear of putting it out there. But it's understanding that that is a really natural and normal part of the process that almost all writers go through it. I'll never forget, I was at the, I volunteer at the Auckland Writers Festival sometimes. And yeah, and one of my, one of the years I was showing authors from the green room to the stage. And so you'd chat to them along the way. And that was pretty cool for someone who's a bit of a writing geek. And one of the publicists, we were talking about second album syndrome, you know, a band puts out an album and it does amazingly well. And then oh, what am I going to do now? You know, that fear about the second one. And she said that you would be absolutely amazed the number of authors who are globally renowned, who have sold hundreds of thousands, if not millions of books. And when you say to them, oh, I really love that bit about XYZ, they'll say, oh my gosh, did you really? (laughs) It's still a surprise to them that the work has had an impact, that it was meaningful, that it was good enough. And so I think for all of us to understand that it's a natural part of being a creative, that you wobble. And get the support and do it anyway. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's so easy to feel like we're alone in that space. Mm. We are the only one who does that or we are the only one who don't like our books or whatever it is. Or it magically happened for that author. You know, theirs was just brilliant from the beginning. Actually, I think that's another common misunderstanding is that people write books alone. And Mm. all those big names that you know have written amazing books and are known for that, there's a support team that's behind them that has helped them bring that book out. They haven't really done that all on their own. There's, mm. Yes, it's their ideas. Yes, it's their words. Yes, they've written the book, but there's a whole host of people that helped produce that item of creativity. So getting support, this, this feeling that we should nat- magically go away to a cabin and the book will emerge, it's just not real. <laughs> Quite an attractive picture, though, going to a cabin and just write yeah. a book. <laughs> I know, a nice little cozy jumper and some candles. And 
Oh, yay. Um, You know what? Yes, it is. But I think it's another myth. Like I have known people who have had, they've taken the year off to write the book and they've learned to knit and they've joined the gym and they've done a marathon and like everything else happens, right? It's like the, the idea that we need this vast expanse of space is false because the vast expanse of space, the, the blank page can be really intimidating. And mm. once you've taken a year off to write a book and everyone knows you've taken a year off to write a book and the book's not flowing, uh, like it becomes stress and it becomes pressure. So just easing it into your day, easing it into things that you're already doing, having a plan, moving forward, repurposing what you're writing for other things if you can. And that can be true of poetry. It can be true of just a little inspiration. It can be true of an anecdote that you share in your book, all sorts of things you can be repurposing if you are in so- on social media, podcasting, have any kind of platform is a much gentler way to do it. And I think actually, if you're focused, the writing will get done almost as well as if you took the year off to <laughs> Maybe yeah. better. Yeah. And also, if you're working with clients, you get the inspiration as well. Like, I guess mm-hmm. new things coming up. And yeah. That's very true. Being close to the fire that you're writing about can keep, help to keep that burning when you're detached from it. You lose that that intimacy with the process and with the questions that you're trying to answer. Mm, yeah. And so when I asked you what you wanted to talk about here, you said that you want to talk about how a book can form a part of your sensitive success strategy. Mm. And I just love that. And I guess we talked about it a little bit, but would you talk a bit more to that? Yeah, I think anyone who identifies as, as sensitive is likely to see the world a little bit differently. And I think what books have the power to really do is to shift the way that we see things to maybe change the course of our lives, maybe, but to really make us think in a long form way, you know, in an extended way about the way we do things and how they can be different. And I think sensitive people, that introverted process or that process of reflection of needing space, of needing time where you can really go within can be, the book can be such a wonderful way to express those ideas and to go in depth. You know, you don't have to necessarily be speaking on a stage or actually out in the world saying, look at me, but you're actually gifting something extraordinary to the world through the writing of your book. So that's where I think it can be beautiful for a sensitive person. I don't want to shy away from the fact that you have to sell a book, (laughs) right? If you're going to write it, you want people to read it. I saw a funny meme yesterday that said, you know, things that ter- make writers anxious. And one was, no one will read my book. Someone will read my book. You know, it's like <laughs> both yeah. things can can make us worry. I think sometimes it can be easier to write it in a book to an anonymous reader than it is to say it or write it to someone we know, right? That, that idea of the intimacy between the sensitive writer and then the person reading it is actually really powerful space and a really beautiful gift. So if you have different way of viewing the world, if you are bringing more of an intuitive or an introverted perspective or sensitive perspective, then there are others out there who will benefit from reading about that, who will feel seen by the words that you're putting onto the page. So taking the space, the time, the extended form of the book to express those ideas and gift it to someone is a really lovely thing. Love that. So beautiful. I really feel excited and more eager to write a book now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if someone who's listening is feeling that as well, where can they find more information about working with you? So my website is bookcoach.co.nz. 
Uh, or you can find me at christinesheehy.com as well. It goes to the same place. Um, and on there, there's a one-page book plan where you can answer some questions and it will generate a little plan for you that will help you start to see the shape of your book. So if you're thinking about a book idea, I encourage you to have a look at that and see if it would help. Um, yeah. Exciting. That sounds mm. really helpful. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I would just say if you feel that you want to write a book, then believe that you can do it and take the time to sit with your ideas, to think about that intimate experience of the reader at the other end with the book in your hands and what you would like them to to think and feel and experience when they read your words and then um, and then start to play and treat it as play. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece at the beginning. It's not going to be a masterpiece really for any of us at the beginning. All of my writing has many drafts. So allow yourself just to get in the practice of putting words on the page, have no expectations about how good or otherwise it will be, but enjoy the process and see what happens. Love that. Thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom with us and for the work that you do. So important. And I love reading books and I'm excited to see what comes out more from your space. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rita. This has been lovely. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. Same. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is put together for you to see what is possible and how to use your sensitivity to create success in your way. If you know anyone who would find this conversation useful, please share. And if you share this on social media, tag me in and I would love to reshare it. Come over and connect with me on Insta at Frida Carbo and tell me your biggest takeaway from this episode. Thank you for listening and remember to keep shining so that those who need your help can find you. <laughs>